Uh, hey, mute button. One of these days, I'll get it. Hey, everybody out there watching. It is Friday. It is 4.20 p.m. That's what we call, like, the what just happened open. You like that, Dustin? Sometimes, yeah. I've heard some of your feedback, some of your comments, uh, whether you're watching us on YouTube, as you are hopefully right now, fired is at 4.20, and you hit subscribe, or you're listening to us on audio, whichever audio version you listen to, please comment, share, rate as well. Uh, I saw a few comments uh, that sometimes we take a little too long to get to the open. So I don't know if you've noticed, loyal listeners, of which there are tens and tens of you right now, soon to be thousands. Appreciate the support of you on Because Cannabis, wayward.media. The tens and tens of comments that get left, you know, so I've been trying. I don't know if you noticed this, Dustin, the last couple weeks, shaking up the intro. So today was the, what the fuck just happened? What I miss? What did I miss? Um, Nothing. (laughs) How are you, Dustin Kava? How's your Friday going so far? You know what? I feel like the whole day is like, what the fuck did I miss? It is, (laughs) it's been a strange morning, but I am, I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, me as well. I was always excited to join you uh, each week. Thank you for checking us out. Make sure you subscribe on our YouTube channel to Because Cannabis. Follow us socially at MeetWM. Uh, Dustin and I talking a little social game. Got some surprise coming for you soon. A little more advertising, promoting. Go figure. I'm not always great, Dustin. I like to think, and I know you do as well as someone who markets and gets out there and understands the world. Sometimes, though, sometimes I struggle to go get it. I think we all do, right? I think we all do sometimes struggle to chase it. Like we grind and we hustle and we blood, sweat, tears, and all that other bravado Sierra shit, right? We, But uh, I'm not always good with the like, hey, look at me. I don't play that kind of car side balloon with the arms real big, just waving around. these <laughs> going out of business thing. I don't do that well. Um, and so like, for example, I'm not a person. Are you on LinkedIn? You're probably on LinkedIn. Like I feel like I'm LinkedIn's super LinkedIn. lame yeah. if I'm being honest, but I assume you're on it. I love, I, you know what? LinkedIn is slowly becoming my absolute favorite social network of all. I, I like being on it. I don't, I really, I think it's a great platform, especially when really? all I think about is business. To me, it's like, I don't have to worry about the fucking, I don't have to worry about any of the other nonsense. It's not like Jimmy is being mean to like Roger and like, it's, it's nothing. It's like, this is what we did. This is why we're doing it. This is why it's important. And it's like, I, I like that. I think, you know, there's power in that. It I is also, seemingly, I was gonna say, it is seemingly less drama on LinkedIn. It seems to be a little less personal life drama, right? Yeah. I also think that there's this weird notion of like, if I was a mechanic, I'm not coming home to fix my own damn car. You know, an electrician, like how about that like contractor who builds houses for people, but you walk in and he's had like half the house ripped up for like yes. 19 months, you know, and that's like, that's this. It's like, yeah, I'll market for everyone else. Yes, we can be brilliant at times, but right now uh, it, we, it's, this is our own house. We're just kind of, it feels half a little bit differently. Half finished. <laughs> uh, what do you do? I'm not, here's where I struggle. I almost have... Panic attack is a strong word for those of you out there seriously suffering from them, so I won't uh, diminish that. But I get a little panicky when I get the recommendations to connect. When I get those, like when I see the incoming connections, I typically read through the little subject. It's kind of a darker gray if you've been on LinkedIn. You know what I'm talking about. You can see that you can visualize like right now. Close your eyes unless you're driving. Like don't close your eyes. Or if just if you do, rapidly open and close them. Pay attention to where you're going. Don't drive like you're in a movie. If you're sitting at home, if you're working out, don't close your eyes either. But uh, close your eyes. You can picture the LinkedIn bar right there. You can see the little blue icons above the different notification things. And you click on connections and you see these names and they're in gray and if it's one of those things that looks like it's very generic like advertising consultant means they somehow keyword triggered marketing in your bio and they're like spam connecting and some are in my case if i see the cannabis industry and or someone i know i accept it and the rest i delete but i'm not good at going through and it always gives me recommendations or i don't know if we're even friends on linkedin finding people i know dustin (laughs) and saying connect with me connect with me look at me i need your fucking connection uh are you a connect with me guy like do you chase the connect do you chase the drug bro do you chase the connection no not at all except (laughs) except i i will say that the only thing that they got me with was they had a uh a connection limit in order to post video or like syndicate or stream to it. And so okay. there was a time when I was like, got a race to get 150, you know, connections. 
But at the end of the day, the only visualization that I can do right now is picturing the entire highway pulling over to visualize LinkedIn's little message box there. <laughs> so I just see drivers, tons of them down the road, hundreds and hundreds, and they're all parked on the side and they're all closing their eyes. Like, yeah, I, I do get a bunch of uh, it wasn't quite drivers pulling to the side. You know, I also picture uh, like huge celebrations when people hear uh, universal news and they get excited. Have you ever, uh, I don't know, not as into sports as I am, but when I, for example, like the Cleveland Cavaliers won, I was at a house and all, I was actually at a, like a set of townhouses, like an apartment kind of thing. So all these townhouses next to it. So when the Cavaliers won the 2016 NBA championship, the people I was in within, the house, easy for me to say, we're celebrating, but you could hear other neighbors all at the same time because it all happened <laughs> live and everyone's watching live and it's all in Northeast Ohio. And it's just universal, like, oh my God, we want to cheer. So you can hear the surrounding jubilation, right? Or if you've ever been at a sports bar to game, you start <laughs> hugging and high-fiving strangers. It wasn't quite like that, but there was recent news where at the Cleveland School of Cannabis in my office, literally two people Two people came in and were like, hey, did you hear? It was almost like Kramer, like sitcom moment. Like they not quite slid in, but just kind of like, did you hear the news? Two or three people on our like internal message board at work, like posted this. I was on our social media Twitter and you universally at this moment uh, when the news struck about what uh, President Biden had done with his recent pardoning of uh, some cannabis convictions as well as talking to our cannabis possession crimes, which we'll talk about in a second. I'll bring the article up on screen. Don't forget, if you're listening on this audio, you got to check out the uh, video where we show these articles. We'll talk about the news. We also include links in both descriptions. So you can always link to the articles we're going to check out. So where were you, Dustin? Where were you when you heard the news? And we'll bring up the article in a second to tell exactly the details that Biden and the administration and even the federal government was pardoning some people for uh, simple possession. And in general, as we'll find out, really looking to maybe advance some cannabis legalization. This happened a few days ago. Where were you, Dustin? You know what? Actually, the it, it was amazing because one of our clients that we work with um, – and that we love and adore uh, actually was on CNN with them talking about the pardoning. So at the same time, it was like, wow, this just happened. And then at the other aspect of things, it was like, you know, wow, that's, that's our client on TV right now discussing this. Like it's, it was, it was actually a jubilation across the board. It was, it was, it was pretty awesome. It was, yeah, it was amazing. Uh, it was pretty amazing. All right, let me bring up uh, this article here uh, on screen. There we go. All right, so we have this article. Uh, this is from MSNBC, or sorry, CNBC. Let me give all your alphabets credit. It doesn't matter where you get it from. So uh, it talks about Biden pardoning thousands of people, right, convicted of marijuana possession laws. And if we go through some of the highlights of the article, Dustin, and then we can talk about it. Uh, so uh, just last week, we'll give it some dateline here. October 6, 2022, uh, President Joe Biden pardoned thousands of individuals convicted of possessing marijuana, saying the current system that we have today makes no sense. By the way, we'll talk about this. Put this in your little pipe and smoke it. Pot stocks, right? Cannabis stocks, especially in Canada even, through the roof, uh, really taking off. So the pardon applies to federal offenders convicted of simple marijuana possession. Uh, in Wells District of Columbia. Uh, you know, Biden made these statements that just as no one should be in a federal prison solely due, due to due to the possession of marijuana, no one should be in a local jail or a state prison for that reason. So essentially what the uh, sum total is, what the uh, TLDR, 6,500 people um, were pardoned from that. Uh, states now have more ability to pardon themselves as well. You see uh, companies, especially in Canada, the stock markets, uh, are rising up through the roof. And then there's also news, uh, lastly, that Biden talked about uh, going through and reviewing cannabis's Schedule One substance under the federal uh, drug sentencing guidelines. We've talked about that. It's on the FDA Schedule One, uh, saying, once again, it makes no sense. So in the last few days here, uh, President Biden has come up and talked a lot about, look, we're going to pardon these individuals, and we'll talk about whether our state of Ohio is down with that. Spoiler. Uh, well, you know, but it also raised some stock. So you see that article. Now, you know, a little more facts. Where is your brain at now? Affected by this pardoning. 
Um, when I think about how many actual families have been affected across the United States or that people that are in prison across every state in the country right now for cannabis, we're looking at numbers of upwards of 40 to 60,000. And so what is five or 6,000 people compared to the 40 or to 60,000 people? And that's just incarcerated right now. We're not talking the families that were affected 15 years ago, five years ago. This is just in prison today. And so pardoning 6,000 individuals, though, is a great first step. I think, you know, it's kind of heartbreaking across the board that, it, it you know, it's, it's still not very big. No, it's not very big. Now, you have what happens when states go legal, right? We've seen this both in Illinois and in New York. We've seen some mass pardonings, like Illinois had several hundred thousand people, which they have pardoned, same with the state of New York. So you have some states that are moving forward with the pardoning, but it is, it's a small step. I think the bigger piece of it is the acknowledgement of Schedule 1. You know, that's something we talk about a lot. You know, I still think to this day, the best route forward for cannabis legally is to go deschedulization, is to go state by state. Let the states do what they're doing. Colorado does not need you to come up in their business and federally legalize it to say, oh, by the way, here's some other rules you got to follow. I know you've been doing it since the beginning and you basically created it and you've learned. And while they're surely can be oversight it's not terrible getting someone else in there it's not terrible getting another person's viewpoint on a federal level it would make things a lot easier um for banking and some other aspects to do federally legal versus deschedulization but deschedulization is faster it's quicker it gets more legal cannabis to people quicker it probably decreases prices a lot faster as well because federally then it's a whole new system of regulations and i feel like all these cannabis patients and adult use consumers are finally starting to learn and as we're learning now they still don't know enough but finally starting to learn some of the many intricacies of the rules and if you legalize it it's just a whole bunch of fucking more rules it's just a whole bunch of more rules right on top of it but all that said, it's the first time really since Biden's been there and his VP Kamala Harris also That's did true. a little media circuit run as well. It's really the first time since it's um, he's started, and it's always a card I thought Trump was going to play. I was shocked that near the end of the 2020 election like cycle, right about this time in 2020 before Trump lost, that he didn't say, boom, you know. I was trying to do an impression. I was going to do an impression, but it's going to be Bill Clinton. So I was going to let me legalize <laughs> cannabis. And I was like, wait a minute. That's a totally wrong. That's a wrong totally president. wrong, that's a wrong <laughs> president. <to impersonate. laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like, no, it's not even a president. <laughs> um, so they're doing it. Like they're just talking about it. It's the first time I thought Trump would do it. Uh, I, I'm excited to see movement. And I don't want to be one of those people that says it's not enough because you can't run that mile or the marathon, you know, without a mile. That's true. But if there was any one small act that he could have done, what, what do you, would you prefer to pardon or would you have preferred a more streamlined approach to banking or something, you know, yes. like, would you, it's like, what would you have preferred? What, what does gain access and, and what creates less barriers to this? And then, I'm I'm really curious if it was a pardoning created less barriers as opposed to seriously just some simple legislation that does allow financial or movement of product between states or something like some tiny tiny thing that might affect tens and tens and tens of thousands. That's a valid point. Like you're right. The pardoning is a good step. Uh, in some states, we're on board. I think that gave some states the ability to say, hey, you know, we want to go ahead and pardon more people. Unfortunately, uh, one of those states is not uh, ours, Dustin. Our state is a little, uh, you know, we're at in Ohio, a little more uh, behind the times when it comes to this must be the going picture. That's what everyone's using here on the AP. Good job for you, AP. Shout out to Tom Williams from uh, CQ Roll Call via Getty Images uh, onto there. It's a giant. If you're watching, listening to us on audio, there's a picture. It's been on every article about this. It's a bunch of human beings. Uh, they are from uh, one of a New Jersey legalization effort, and they're all holding a giant inflatable joint, a huge inflatable joint um, that says Biden. Come on, man, with a bunch of <laughs> like exclamation points uh in front of it so uh once again states i think had the that ability. did the job actually i it think may have. Only, it was the one reason he looked out the front morning it was big enough that he could actually see it from you know wherever he was from the distance he was at and it was like wow yeah 
Is that a big I joint? I think I see a joint out there. It's all going to be Bill Clinton. Every president is going to be Bill Clinton. That we do. I have one impression. It's not even a good one of Bill Clinton. I think I see a joint on the lawn. I want to smoke it. It sounds more like a like Colonel Sanders meets Bill Clinton. I don't know. It's terrible. Note to self: no more impressions. Uh, but it's just the going rate. I love how they were like, "Come on, man!" I love your depiction, though. I like to picture Joe Biden waking up and just kind of seeing that and be like, "Yes, like you know what? I'm going to do it." Um, <laughs> So Ohio wasn't down, though. Our state, Mike DeWine, not really pro-cannabis. We know we have legal medicinal cannabis in Ohio because it makes the state money, um, quite simply. So Ohio's not ready to go uh, for that, and most of the Ohio politicians kind of came out against that as well. So that was a bit of a bummer, I think, to see. Uh, are you shocked by that at all, Dustin, that Ohio's like, nah, they shoulder-shrugged emoji. They're like, mm, mm. <laughs> That is, I actually picture DeWine doing the shoulder shrug yeah, emoji. 100%, like, 100%. If anyone is going to do it, it's him. And no, I'm not surprised. I think we've even had this conversation before. And and no, I my 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 stomach is still not surprised. That stomach's still not surprised. Hey, while we're talking Ohio, I want to give a sh quick uh, shout out to Amanda Taylor from Anonymite Apparel. Uh, she's, by the way, shout out to Cleveland School of Cannabis, another graduate. Uh, the Cleveland Guardians, unfortunately, uh, lost in the divisional playoff series to the New York Yankees. But she's got this uh, homage to the Cleveland Guardians with the Cleveland Cannabis uh, shirt in the bright red. Uh, there's a link to her Etsy site uh, in our description on both audio and video. So you can check that out, support her. Uh, she's got a cool... A whole bunch of cannabis centric shirts yeah so ohio's not down uh with the legalization but it's good i mean it's good right they're making progress we're getting it out there i feel like that's one of many things that are showing the continual kind of progression or acceptance of cannabis right it's just it's little things and it's not always you know we say the show the title here is because cannabis on wayward media wayward.media um but it's not always the plant right you smoke it's always the plant it's, it's because of the plant, but it's not always smoke them if you got them. Sometimes uh, it's farm them and use the stalks and mix them up with, with – oh, my God. The bit was all worked up in my head, Dustin. I had it going, started stalking <laughs> too fast. You know how they say when a wide receiver starts to turn and run before they caught the ball? I was starting to uh, land the joke before the actual bit got out of the mouth. So uh, sometimes you just take that and combine it with limestone, and you get – Hempcrete. Hempcrete is all the rage right now, uh, Dustin. And so big news came out not that long ago, about a week or two ago. Another line to me or another bullet point on the federal government is becoming more and more okay with the plant cannabis uh, is the hempcrete approval. Uh, the hempcrete approval uh, via the internal residential code, the national internal residential yes. code uh, with a bunch of work from hemp people made hempcrete a viable uh, residential building code. And we'll talk about hempcrete in a second. In 49 of the 50 states, first of all, Dustin, do you know which state was like, fuck you, hempcrete? Well, I'm not down with you. Who do you think? There's oh my 50 gosh. of them. I don't know if you know. Uh, which of them? I know. It's in the article. That's why I kind of shrunk it for a second. Which of the 50 states was like, I'm not down with hempcrete? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I feel so on the spot, but I, I, there's so many states that I picture being little assholes <laughs> that I'm like, you know, uh, gosh. Let me rule out Idaho, Nebraska, and Kansas are the three states without any legal cannabis, and it's not one of them. They're all good with hempcrete being used as well. So it was a surprising northern state, northern state. I just phoned a friend uh, to give uh, you a hint. I am uh, uh, Massachusetts, Maine. It is neither of those M states. It would be wayward Wisconsin, people. Wayward Wisconsin, Wisconsin. for the win. Who hurt you, Wisconsin? Who hurt you? <laughs> Who hurt you? Why can't we have hempcrete in Wisconsin? I'm sure there's a reason. It's probably some sort of regulation thing. Maybe they're like, don't use my cheese stalks. Maybe they get a lot of cheese curd walls, and the cheese curd industry is vitally trying to fight back against that. So uh, hempcrete, uh, which <laughs> I don't know. I'm really uh, excited about this actually, because I, there was a point in my life when I was looking into the, the financial viability of this and I, this was a major barrier. And I don't know. I think this is actually pretty wonderful. I think it's pretty awesome. This article we're pulling up is from gondrepreneur.com. So hempcrete is a popular alternative to concrete made from a mixture of hemp stalk herds. That's the key buzzword, the herd, uh, mixed with hemp stalk herds and lime. Uh, creates a fire-resistant fibrous insulation wall that also acts as a moisture regulator and 
Because it is made from hemp, which is an organic material, hempcrete is considered a carbon sequestering construction material, further improves sustainability. Uh, I read an article. I read a bunch of words there, Dustin. I'm not sure I know what they all mean. Uh, so let's put you on the spot again. Carbon sequestering, go. Capturing carbon somehow. I would Catherine say that's pretty, damn, yeah, that's pretty <laughs> accurate. <laughs> I'm sure there's uh, an no. answer to the somehow, but I, you got halfway there. You're living on a prayer, the, Dustin. The truth is, is it's either capturing, recapturing carbon or never letting it out in the first place is really what I think of it. So it's like with hempcrete, it's not breaking down in such a way that it's releasing it. But you also are not capturing anything like you grew the damn thing and thus you like created it in the first place. But the the biggest thing with this to me is. Is. Oh, my gosh, I just lost my thought. You go good. Say something else. I, I really uh, you, I had a really big point of this. Let me refresh your memory. Then. So carbon sequestering, like, at least I kind of know. I kind of know because I'm a very fast Googler. Uh, so carbon sequestering, when carbon dioxide, right, the most commonly produced greenhouse gas, uh, it is the process of capturing and storing, you're right, atmospheric carbon dioxide. So it's either captured uh, geologically, like stored in limestone and other types of rocks, or it's captured biologically, stored in various biomasses of plants and animals and such. And so what the whole point is of a carbon sequestering material is to decrease the natural carbon dioxide in the air, and it's the additional carbon dioxide in the atmosphere that is part of, or at least the most believable reason for climate change, holes in the ozone layer, all that good stuff. It's from the 80s with the hairspray, and now it's uh, you know this as well. So the more carbon dioxide emissions we can remove from the air, the hotter or the cooler we're trying to keep the general climate, right? I think that's something of what Google has told me. That sounds pretty scientific. I feel like if I would have just said it confidently, you probably would have believed me every word I said. This, to me, I, I mean, there is like the environmental thing that I'm like, yippee! But then there's this other thing, which was I remember when all the new hemp farmers, you know, their first year, so many of them were not able to find the right buyers in, in, the, in the right amount of time, you know, type mm -hmm. of thing. And so to me, this is such an amazing offshoot for a offloading of a large amount of, of, of leftover material. I like that the farmers may not have to, to worry about the sale of it anymore and they can just start supplying their local, you know, hemp creeps, you know, hempcrete supplier. And I think that that is like for a lots and lots of material, especially with outdoor farming and you're planting very, very close together. You're, you're chopping it down at, at universally and you're not, it's, it's just, to me, that's the perfect, the perfect sustainable model for using the plant because everything else takes so much energy and effort and hands touching it to, actually get it and make it and manipulate it into what it has to do that I'm not even sure that, you know, environmentally it's even great. This would be, it really is direct from plot straight to, to farmer almost sometimes. It's or, a pretty cool process. And I guess the, uh, the herd itself, the herd stalk is pretty particular. We had a gentleman to Cleveland School Cannabis, Matt Marino from uh, Homeland Hempcrete. Shout out. We'll put a link to Homeland Hempcrete. They are in North Dakota, right up there. One state over, Matt would not be doing this business because Wisconsin's like, no. Uh, so he came to the school and did a, I don't know, I want to know why, Wisconsin. Why? Uh, it's a wayward why. Why, Wisconsin? Um, the uh, So he came down and built like this sample wall for us. So we got to watch him do literally uh, super DIY uh, operation he was able to DYI he was able to hook us up with kind of mixed it in a swimming pool like a kid's swimming pool and made a mock wall we made a mock wall with an outlet to kind of showcase what it would feel like and it's it's a little crumbly part of that's because of the lime he used was not a lime he said that was as good as what he's used to working with right he just bought cheap Home Depot lime not that Home Depot has bad lime you know contractor grade line versus it's got some particularities just like anything else in cannabis it can do it without anything but if you want to do it well and repeatable and maximize the plan you got to take a little tlc on it so yeah so it's a big news you're going to be able to use hempcrete and it looks like here you can see this kind of picture uh, of it that's on the top of the screen here if you're watching us on our youtube channel and you subscribe so you know our new shows are friday at 4 20 upcoming guests next week don't forget got a lot of great guests coming up here on our channel so it looks just like this it's these blocks it's basically insulation 
uh, into there, kind of like uh, some other forums that are in. So I think that's huge news. I think it's huge news for us because I really, it's one more piece of the plant, right? It's one more piece of the plant that's being used. As you said, it's going to be a very non, you know, traditional way of thinking about cannabis and the high, but it's easy to grow in that sense because you're not as worried about the smokeability. Now you're just growing the plant to grow it big and strong and thick to have as much material. So it's a little less time consuming and you're going to be able to do a lot with it. And this is just the start. Like this is just the start of some of the things we get back to hemp as a textile plan and thinking of it that way. It's changing a lot of different avenues and easier, faster to replenish and grow than trees clearly right uh, on that end. So it just sounds like it's happening. It feels like that. I'm sure there are times and I'm sure there are many people who have been uh, stoner OGs from back in the day in this country who have many times have said, we're on the precipice of legalization <laughs> only to have it dashed away, right? Only to have it completely yeah. uh, fall apart. I'm sure there's been that, uh, but it feels like, it feels like it. <laughs> I know you get so excited. I don't feel it at all. I feel like, I feel like they've been dangling this little fucking caramel candy in front of me. And I, and I've been in a deadline for the last 15, especially like, I don't know, man, I got sent away to a Mormon military school over cannabis 20 years ago, you know? And it's like my battle with the perception of the plant and public perception of it is like, uh, it couldn't have got here fast enough for me in my life. It's an interesting question. It almost happens the same thing with the pardons, because while you just mentioned 6,500 people is a thing, but it's not anything compared to the vast number. In one of the articles, um, we didn't bring it up, but we'll probably have it clicked in the um, comments below. Uh, one of the articles that I had about the legalization talked similar, like it was similar aspect. It kind of did all the praise in the beginning, and it kind of gave in a little epilogue at the end that said, yo, bro still a crap load of people that are in prison there's still a lot there but it's similar to me to say the student loan debate it's kind of the same concept there are people online okay. who are really upset that man i worked my ass off and i paid my whole loan off how dare you kids get that but i don't know like there are people who just bought microsoft stock too like when the seventies, like, I wish I had done that. I'm not mad at them for doing it. I'm like a little <laughs> jelly bro, but like, what am I going to do? Right? Like there are people who understood bought a Bitcoin when it was a useless thing. You know, Stop. Maybe it's, I maybe can't listen to it. Bitcoin. Crash, crash, crash. I feel like the Jim Cramer guy crash. Don't understand. Um, 10 years anyway. ago, I owned hundreds and hundreds. But so it's always like anyone that's uh early adopter or something like that, you know, it's a start. You got to appreciate uh, the start of it. That's all I'm saying. I appreciate the start as a whole. That's a great face. Dustin doesn't know. He came back. You were frozen for a second with a wonderful face. You have to go back and watch the show on our Wayward <laughs> Media because Cannabis YouTube channel because uh, you subscribe, Dustin, because you're a good fan. Uh, go back and watch that and go from there. Uh, all right. Uh, first uh, that, half of the that face was sponsored by Starlink. Sponsored by Starlink. Oh, look at that. You got that Elon Musk. Uh, what do you feel like? Are you, where are you at? This is random. I had not uh, planned to talk to you about this, but I used to be, I don't want to say a fanboy, but I was really admirable. Admirable, man. Uh, looked up to a bit. I liked what Elon Musk was doing. I liked his jam and his vibe and where he was going. But the last couple of years, he might seem like a kooky rich dude. I feel like Bill Gates handled rich well. Like he got super rich and seems pretty normal. He doesn't turn into a super villain and build a giant mansion, you know, my mansion, but like a, you know, a megalopolis to himself and invented some stuff. He's given to charity. looks still dorky. Wears like tennis shoes and sweater vests and shit. Nah, you know, but don't you feel like, don't you feel like Bill Gates kind of created like the Steve Ballmer internal madness monster? That's, Do you remember his, valid point. you know, like running around on the stage? Yeah. Yeah, you know, like he I feel like Bill Gates, like in the back end, whipping them after hours, you know, just kind of like getting the getting it in them. So I don't know. There's something about the Bill Gates that is he's, he's scary still. I like him. I'd still give him a hug, but he, I think he scares me. Well, has your opinion then of uh, Musk soured at all? Oh, yeah. He's got a little too weird for me, I think. Uh, you know, when you start naming your kids letters, I can't type on my keyboard conveniently. I'm like, I'm, 
I got, I got, I got a little bit of thing there. And then secondary effect is like, yeah, man, I, I got, I got some things with crypto in him. I got problems with, I got problems with just the way his, just the way he stares at. <laughs> Here's you what know? I do. I think uh, if you take away, strip away. Uh, all of Musk millions, he's basically just like a crazy Florida guy. He's just like a crazy like Florida guy out there uh, who is living down there, living in the swamp, doing his thing. He might be, though, if he was a crazy Florida guy, Dustin, if he was all like that, he might be super pumped, especially if he was one of 700,000 people that have their medicinal license in the state of Florida. Did you know that? Did you know that uh, before I talk about that Florida article, let me do this uh, instead. Did you know that 700,000 people have their Florida medicinal um, recommendation? No, that's actually unbelievable. What Florida's um, population at? 20 million? It's about 23 million. million. So Florida is not one of the highest percentage rates. By the way, take a look at that headline. I want to talk to you about that in a second. Here's a positive headline to us, but look at where this story goes. Yeah, dark ending. Uh, the headline, if you're not watching on video, says Florida surpasses 700K marijuana patients as some mistake or some make pill mill comparisons now florida wow. a state with heavy opioid issues anyway so uh, what this article is saying here dustin so florida which has about 23 million people that live in the state has a 2.3 percent give or take penetration rate with about 700,000 some medicinal patients doesn't compare to oklahoma once again oklahoma makes it super easy we know we've gone there all the way back to the very beginning one of our oklahoma shows uh, oklahoma is about four and a half to five percent penetration rate as far as patients um, versus population but florida is hands down by about 300,000 people, the most medicinal patient numbers. And that number was at 300,000 heading into coronavirus, heading into COVID, uh, over doubled, right? So now they're there. They expect to surpass a million medicinal patients by 2025. So they're going to be, uh, once again, they are by far the number one medicinal sales state, the amount of money that's sold medicinally heavily heavy estate with medicinal sales but you can tell why because they have seven hundred thousand some people so florida with no a legal firearms instructor was uh, florida with no legal cannabis um, no legal cannabis there uh is able to really have a lot of patience and does that say demand does it say it shouldn't be a conservative state before i talk about why florida is going to be all excited how to get their medicinal weed what does that say to you that a the number over doubled, over doubled during the coronavirus, and that it is a state that's considered older. It's a state that's considered more conservative. It's a state that's considered, uh, you know, kind of a druggy state with their Florida man thing. They have the pill mill, and that's where that article went to, by the way, Dustin. Just kind of this, you know, hey, all these licenses or recommendations, as they call it, uh, is a bit of an issue. It's going to be too many people on weed, bro, that kind of thing. What does it say to you that Florida's just got so much money invested in it, but they're kind of like, la, 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 don't tell me about it. I don't want to hear. Like, you know, the governorship is counting their money, but also – it is true like that, but I wonder if it's just because there's so much damn space in the state that the governor's like, uh, they're seven hours away. Don't care. They're that's seven a very, hours away. very, that's <laughs> a real point, right? From Northern Florida to Southern Florida is probably like a 10 hour car ride. I mean, that's a long way uh, exactly. down there. It's going to take his, it's going to take this constituents of his state a quite a long time to get to his front door to pick it, <laughs> the problem, you know? So in certain regards, I'm like, yeah, it makes perfect sense. I, I, it's funny. They're not a lot of smoke still, right? I think uh, no, just that, they, that got repelled two years ago. Two years, two years ago, ago, they they introduced. I thought it was um, a lot there flower, but I didn't think that there was a law that said anything about how you're allowed to do it. It used to be very no. It used to be for the first ten years of the program, it was like Ohio, where it was non-smokable. Uh, in 2020, prior to coronavirus, or right at this whole time, uh, Florida rescinded, amended. I don't know the legal terminology. Uh, changed the law via ballot initiative, some way or somehow, to where smokable cannabis is allowed. So you're allowed to sell. All that really does is now open up pre rolls, uh, papers, um, bowls, and things like that. Other ways to consume where fire directly touches the plant itself. And really all it changes because the patients are smoking it anyway and whatever they want. It really just changes that model and it changes your former business head shops because now you don't got to be in a medicinal only state so much. Like if you got a, here's a vaporizer you can put oil in. I can sell you this as a medicinal patient, but this is for tobacco only, sir. And literally eyes roll exactly. like a slot machine in your head. Right? Yeah, exactly. And even so like, yeah, 
not just with one person in the room, but if you had two separate customers in the room, you weren't allowed to say the one thing to the other customer while the other, you know, like you couldn't yes. have the same conversation with both of them in the room. <laughs> so and silly. So it's like, it just, that nuance is ridiculous. But and I picture, I really thought that for as much of the senior population that is invested and, in, you know, down in Florida, I thought they had a massive young generation that's been vibrant for the last like seven or eight years, pushing really, really different social norms within the state. And then I thought, you know, when I think about it, I'm like tourism there. Think about Illinois. If Florida opened up cannabis for tourism, oh it's going to be night and day different. So to what, you know, many stone college students. That's what and happened I wonder, first. Yeah. And I wonder what percentage Illinois was 30%, yes. you know, was the tourist. So would Florida be more or 30% of yeah, much oh, larger think pie? It, it's more Florida is by far a much heavier destination, right? It'd be, you have so many Illinois suffers a little bit because there are other States like Michigan and some, even Montana and stuff that are around uh, Illinois uh, that have some form of medical cannabis. There are some States in the South uh, Alabama that doesn't even uh, Georgia doesn't even have medicinal cannabis yet. So <laughs> it would be a huge state if it opened adult use, because even a state like Ohio, which has not the best medicinal program, you can get medicinal weed, but a lot of people go to Michigan across the border where it's adult use. So Florida has its bordering states, they're also very against medicinal. So it would be a monstrous yeah. amount of business to Florida's income, a gross amount of business. Uh, I don't know as much about the, I guess, generational shift. I'm not shocked. I seem to think, you know, obviously like the headlines and DeSantis is very conservative uh, ideology. And it is a lot of old people money. It always will be that. It's warm and human and the bones don't crack as much. <laughs> but there could be this shift, right? This shift in medicinal cannabis. I'll tell you what would be a thing, right? Uh, imagine, you know, have you ever pictured like back in the day going to, you know, like a gas station or whatever? And I, you know, so I'm a cigarette smoker. It's the place to go. You buy your cigarettes. Um, you get the things you need. They're always more expensive. Uh, I know a lot about gas stations, ironically. I used to work as a corporate office person in a chain. So I'm interested to delve I worked into this in a gas topic. station yeah, for I, a year I worked in the uh, <laughs> operational end for about six years. I'm very familiar with how these things work. Uh, so you go there for these quick things. And what I was going to say is gas stations, convenience stores, don't forget it's always convenience, not cheap. That is the biggest difference. But you go in there to grab these quick things. Have you ever pictured the day in your head and you can buy all sorts of fun things from cigarettes to booze to lottery tickets, all your vices. You can take care of all your vices at the cannabis or at the gas station, including now uh, CBD. I don't think they see too much Delta 8, Delta 9. Uh, I don't see too much Delta 8 in the gas stations yet. Mostly head shops. Here's what, what's the gas station in our area that has the separate little boutique room that's attached to where the counter is that has liquor like and and the flower and CBD flower and, and Delta. I thought they it was probably do have Delta eight there. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. That's getting more and more. Well, I think that's what I'm saying. So more and more gas stations, which have been the spot where they're all over the place. Uh, you can easily get your convenient, not always cheap items at the gas station. Uh, I always wondered or pictured the day, man, it would be so awesome to buy my weed here. Right. Although gas station weed sounds like low budget as well like if you ever are you excited about the is the idea of being able to purchase at a gas station with say zero regulations as fast and simple as you buy cigarettes and cigarettes there's a monster amount of types and brands and same with you know tobacco uh smokeless tobacco and smokable tobacco i mean there's huge sections of tobacco and there's tons of types of smokeless tobacco between the puffs and the stuffs and all the other uffs so can you picture <laughs> Here's what I know. All right. So I want to talk about a second about Circle K. Totally off subject, but on subject. I'm at the gas station the other day and I'm buying uh, something from the gas station. I totally canceled the article share because I got to tell the story. I'm in the gas station. I'm buying it. And this happens all the time. This dude that's up there at the line wants a very specific and the customer is so very specific on what they want. and wants a very specific brand and type of smokeless tobacco and there's fine cut and long cut and all these different ways that you can slice and <laughs> dice tobacco like a fucking culinary option right so there's all this tobacco options in this poor kid 
And gas stations struggle to have, you know, staff these days. This poor kid can't find the right cut. And the dude's got this like, he's like, it's the red one, the long cut. And he brings it up and it's like a maroon. He's like, no, it's red. I'm like, first of all, that's pretty <laughs> close to red. And this is fine cut. So whoever company you are, don't make fine cut maroon and long cut bright red like my shirt. Like that's ridiculous on your marketing branding end. So I don't know if I want to buy my weed from a gas station because there's a lot of options and choices. And those poor people there can't get the easy to get products how are you gonna get the cannabis like how are you gonna I do pic- that i picture it just being called brown frown <laughs> i like that <laughs> i i really i i think you know what it's funny because what do you think the most profitable item in a, for a gas station is and what do you think they make nothing on I can tell you this for a fact, actually. I know this. I know this exact information to a T. So, uh, the three biggest sellers in a gas station. Let me guess. Let me up. guess. Let me guess. All right. There's three categories. Let's do this. Uh, before fuel, we talk, by the way, go ahead. Fuel, tobacco, and beer. So like alcohol. Uh, you're forgetting the an even easier one that makes and coffee zero profit. And co- Think okay, of a so, zero profit, but your third or second, depending it's, on. It's it's uh, my three, my, the ones I know that don't make anything are cigarettes. Cigarettes fuel, are about two to three percent profit margin on average. And uh, 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 think outside one, the box. Think gambling. Wow! Oh yeah! Well, lottery tickets—they don't make anything until they Nothing. win, until someone wins. Yes. So and lottery is. Get, a th- yeah. Yeah. So lottery is your wow, second or third biggest lottery. sales, but it's almost no profit. I mean, you get the occasional bounce back when someone wins, but that's so few and far between unless you sell like a mega, mega million thing. 2% profit on a thing like a cigarette, like 2% profit barely pays the employee to sell the damn thing. Yes. And like, fuel is often a loss because yes. fuel changes so rapidly that sometimes you make a profit, sometimes you don't. So the three biggest sales categories, which make up at least in the chain I ran or was part of, and about 65% of sales comes from those three categories, and those make you almost no profit, right? Almost none. Sometimes lose money. So now you got to look at some of the other things. Beer, you're like, okay, beer. Beer is about a 15 to 20% profit on average on a retail level. So still not a big thing. You know what makes you a shitload of money? Coffee. Nail clippers. Coffee is a Nail pretty decent clippers. Mo- Like things like Nail that that you clippers. don't need. Shit, the really convenience things that you don't need. Aspirin, things like that. Uh, Also, coffee as well as prepared foods. Why do they want to make prepared? Prepared foods are on average 60 to 70% profit margin if done right. So these gas stations that get into the hot food, places like Sheets and Wawa and things that specialize in subs and sandwiches, that's where the money is. Even the cold cuts and the wraps and things, uh, that's where the money's at. Soda is about a 10% profit margin in a gas station. So once again, you sell a shitload of soda. Bottled water, same thing, not a big profit well, margin. Just think about the coolers and the energy it takes to yes. fucking keep it cold. And I'm like, wow, I just spent $700 on electricity for these coolers. You know, ah, wow. Yeah, I didn't yeah. think about lottery. I forgot totally about lottery. What a crapshoot. And it but took that's what gets them in the door. to figure it out for these guys. It was like, Pick five plus two bonus things minus subtraction of the pick three you bought seven days ago and you're going to get the ticket I want. And if you fucking rang it up wrong, you had to buy it because you couldn't. It just was a mess. Yes, It was a mess. Uh, And then that's why so many more gas stations and such are putting in, say, scratch ticket vending machines. It cuts down on transaction time with the register because that's what sells most more than the tickets anyway, unless you're in a big super billion dollar mega millions thing. Um, but normally, scratch tickets sell exponentially more than paper tickets, the, the numbers game. Though those little pick three and pick four things, there's some hardcore people that play that stuff uh, basically every single day. All right, all this gas station talk, uh, uh, we're not because convenience stores. <laughs> we are because cannabis. So Circle K, by the <laughs> way, Circle K, a Canadian-owned company which owns, I want to say – in. Circle K, and this is a few years old data. Circle K, to my knowledge, owns about 6,360, somewhere in the mid 6,000 gas stations across the country, give or take. I remember living in California 17 or 18 years ago, maybe even been 25 years ago, and it was the only place I ever met or saw a Circle K. And it was the first place I ever saw something that could be a gas station or could be in a little plaza somewhere. Yes. And it's called the same thing. 
And so like, as a kid, I was like, and my brother worked at one. I was like, you work at a what? He's like a circle K. I was like, how do you like, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> how do you write that? How do you like, wow, what is a circle K? And, uh, yeah, it was crazy. And then I remember moving back to Ohio and all of a sudden Circle K started buying up. What did they buy up originally? What don't we see anymore? That Lawson's? was okay. The, the Circle K owns uh, Lawson's, by the way, for you non-Ohio folks, Lawson's is a very dip? famous chip dip in Northeast <laughs> Ohio. The only place you can buy Lawson's chip yes. dip is Circle K. God, they that own the sour onion or whatever is so yeah. good. They have an amazing chip dip. Uh, Circle K is it's a huge gas station chain. Now it's owned by a Canadian company, but it's a huge gas station chain. It was one of the first convenience, like really big convenience stores. Uh, quick name association. I say Circle K. You say? Uh, name association. I don't know. Con convenient. What was convenience stores? Or well, that's, that's Speedway. Oh, wrong chain. Sorry. So I <laughs> Wait, was going to say Polar Pop. Most people, Ooh. when they associate Circle K, one of their first reactions Shit, you're is right. Polar Pop. It's the home of the Polar Pop. The 69, probably now 99 cent, any size you can drink. Suicide it all up, psh, 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 down the line, put every flavor, fill all 63 ounces up with a uh, thing. By the way, that's something I didn't learn until I worked in the gas station. We're going to talk about Circle K bringing uh, cannabis to the convenience stores. <laughs> is how many people come in we like can't get to it, can with we? those giant, it's because there's so much to talk about, those giant truck cups and we'll take like a 70,000 gallon ounce thing of soda out the door all for the refill price of like 69 yes, cents. Yes, Sheets like, used to do that and they used to have the like 69 yes. ounce like thing. Yeah, man, that's that's amazing. I th always thought that that was impressive when I would also see someone fill one of those bad boys up. I was like, you're a much bigger man or a woman than me. Uh, go for it. So here's what's happening, Dustin. In Florida, in Florida, which, Ooh. by the way, is a medicinal-only state, kind of wrap their head around this. So Florida has partnered with Green Thumb Industries, uh, which is a big producer of cannabis in the U United States. They're building a new cultivation facility in Florida because, as with every state, medicinal or adult-use cannabis has to be grown and sold in that same state. So they're building this monstrous, monstrous facility in the middle of Florida, which has great cannabis growing weather, by the way, hot, humid Um you know, such probably an indoor growth. I'm being honest though, Uh giant facility. So Florida is launching this partnership with rise. They're creating these rise express dispensaries. You know, how when you walk into any gas station and there's a burger King or a McDonald's shoved to the side and it's kind of poorly run. That is your medicinal <laughs> cannabis marketplace people. So I don't mean to, you know, I don't know what GTI is. I'm sure they're going to put a lot of money. It's going to look nice. Uh, so it's going to be a medicinal dispensary staffed like a medicinal dispensary but they're going to have smaller staff it's a brilliant business model one or two people versus five or six um in florida's got their program they've been medicinal over a decade their kinks are way more ironed out than for example like ohio's their prices are fairly regular it's not the craziness that ohio still kind of has um even with that so they're going to build these things called rise express dispensaries they're going to start with 10 locations and then they're going to expand to up to florida has about 600 circle k's in that area so uh, wow. they're gonna be putting a medicinal dispensary in um circle k's in the state of florida and if this goes well there right if they go well they expand maybe it gets up to all 600 then i think you're gonna see gti continue to push the the boundaries right push stretch it out this is here. brilliant because it's brilliant well and it's not just about traffic it's not just about the convenience factor when i think about large MSOs. Like I said, we talked about them being originally real estate companies. This is, and then shifting back with the leasebacks and stuff like that, where they don't want necessarily that massive amount of ad. They would rather have the money from the asset and kind of use it to get through and weather through some times. With this, it's like those buildings, you know, they get to share that cost of, of the manufacturing when they, or even just Every one of those gas stations has to change by franchise agreement, if not an update and such. And so to share in the expense with another massive corporation in your build out is like awesome. I guess, do you need security guards there? So is it like for every two staff that are working there, you're still paying an additional 30% for a guy to stand at the door and make sure you're, you know, these cut. 
people are safe or i bet you it's not is i bet you it's even less than that i bet you it's less than that i uh, uh in looking through this article so circle k uh kush tard uh, i'm that's allowed to say that by the way kush because that is the name of their parent company i probably pronounced it wrong uh we're gonna go with it uh is this parent company of circle k so this already exists in a retailer called fire and flower in some canadian uh circle k gas station so it's a thing it's a brilliant model also do you know if florida is a reciprocal medicinal state and now you're talking yes to- yes because i was so actually just looking use. into traveling yep the biggest thing to go to for a medicinal patient like if you and you're traveling you got to go to the state if it's not adult use you gotta say okay you gotta google it what's the process you gotta find locations are usually hard imagine if it's 600 you cross the state border and every 10 miles is a dispensary with a easy in and out get your product option maybe drive through because you got it all pre-programmed on the app shit and you just pull up to the i mean the implications of it expanding nationwide which regulates it regul um makes it you know more destigmatized and normal normalizes your it. children are going to see it unlike in ohio where they're in like industrial parkways or set yes. in like very particular plazas usually it's like you're this is a gas station every age group is going in and out of there so it's like i think it's amazing how close to the road they're doing it how close to the public it's happening it's all of those factors when i think how other states did it it's like wow this is pretty brazen and bold uh i had one other point i wanted to bring up earlier just thinking about the pill mill thing you know florida still i think on edge a little bit because of any sort of drug being handed out medicinally obviously a lot of abuse of that uh interesting fact and we're all full full of fun facts only uh 16 percent of people in uh doctors who have completed the certificate to recommend course uh you know cannabis having medicinal cannabis as a recommendation only 16 percent of florida doctors have actually written a recommendation for cannabis uh prior to this the number heading into this expansion over covid this 300 to 700 when it was sitting at 300 in 2019 it was at eight percent so in 2019 the 300,000 patients which is oh, about a hundred thousand more than ohio and ohio is somewhere in the 20 percent of doctors that write recommendations nine eight or nine percent of doctors <laughs> We're writing recommendations and uh, the number doubled as it, but that's not a lot. That's a weird thing too. I think that only so many doctors, you know, eight or 9% and now 16% is with the 700,000. And eight or 9% over a much larger area. So does how, how far does someone have to travel in order, you know, to like get that type of treatment? I would imagine it's all online Gotta be online uh, now these days. I mean, all this stuff is online, and you know that as well as I do. There are some, well, and I would imagine a lot of those are the easy to get your card. Doctors. But that's not true because it's only my understanding was that the telmed the telmed laws that were in place that actually prevented most companies from doing telmed were removed during COVID. Not removed. There was a like a moratorium or something. I don't know what the fucking word would be, but there was like a cease on the law that prevented okay. these companies from doing it. And then now I. Dustin doesn't know he's frozen. I'm filling in the space with air. I'll be back in a second. And I'm back. Another, I'm back from Starlink. <laughs> oh, poor Elon Musk taking it today. It's a Elon Musk floor. It's not his fault. There's many obstructions in my area. I wasn't well planning. This I thing. do like the old timey picture of Elon Musk with the emo haircut and like a looking like uh, he's like auditioning for the Matrix fan movie. <laughs> There's a photo of him before he got super rich and he looks like someone auditioning to make a Matrix fan movie. I'm excited for it. I think it's cool. I think it's just going to open up the possibilities of what you're going to do. I think we are between the uh, presidential pardons that are happening right now. I and mean, between that, between the hempcrete movement that's happening, you know, between Biden just looking at it and the more normalization that we're talking about today in the petroleum industry, you know, between both pardons and petroleum, shout out because cannabis, because cannabis episode 37, pardon, uh, pardons and petroleum, because of those things happening, it's just going to be more normal. I think I'm going to put it on record here. I think uh, 2024 election, I think you're going to see it by 2024. I think you're going to see it descheduled by 2024. That's about a year and a half from now, two years from today, right? It's October of 2022. 
So by no, November 24th election cycle, which will be two years from now, I think we're going to have deschedulized uh, cannabis. Okay, quick. If you were to start any company right now to get ready for the deschedulization that you're calling for in 2024, what company would you start? Uh, I would probably stay <sighs> – Man, see, you want to say I would stay in the cultivation of the processing business because I think that's where like a lot of profit is to be made. And you get to have a bit of a disconnect with this customer. That's kind of a dickhead thing to say. But <laughs> when you deal with the dispensary, you're always going to deal with the end use customer. And the beauty of being a cultivator is you get to grow the product. And because of all the social media restrictions, you don't really have to have a huge following. And they can get all mad at you. And they really, it's hard to get a hold of you. As someone who is just trying to put together all the Ohio cultivators, half of them don't have their phone numbers made public or their street address. Yeah, that's like, it's true. It's all like black ops operation. So you're kind of out of sight, out of <laughs> mind, though the customer is consuming your product. Uh, so I would say that, I don't know. I think there's something to be said also in just kind of the consultation. I think you just want to, f the key job in cannabis is just to tell people how to do it and then whisk away in the night, go tell <laughs> someone else how to do it and then whisk away in the night. Yeah. That's the sweetest gig ever consulting. Uh, I am. And if it doesn't work, it's because they didn't implement it correctly. Yes, right. Yeah, it's on them. I told you the steps. Like it's like a guy who writes a a, a tell-all book or a know-how book or one of those late-night infomercials. Who's like, this is what I did. Uh, you pay me all your money. I told you how to do it. Didn't work out for you. On you, bro. Like it's on you. You should have followed step. Did you miss a step? Did you miss a bullet point? A semicolon? A subcategory? Two pages stick together yeah. by accident. Is that what happened? Because that's not what happened here. So it's on you. Um, what would you do? Like, I mean, you've thought about this a lot. I, I don't want to be in the re the retail end use sales at the end of the day. It's, I'd rather be B2B, I think, or God, I, think I like that B2B allows more swearing. <laughs> That's true. It allows a little less, uh, <laughs> a little less restriction. Although the cannabis industry is pretty laid back. I've noticed as far as wearable, like I've actually scaled I down less slacks, less sensible slacks, more, uh, casual dress jeans in my uh current packaging uh, packaging think, will be dope i think i like the idea that the regulations change often enough that they're gonna have to keep buying packages off of me all the time and i like that i don't need any license for it i like that there's relatively no very little startup cost because they're kind of paying for it as they need it anyways mm, I like that I like that I can do it out of my house so that my business rent can be like paid my house mortgage. I like that uh, I barely even need an internet connection for it. So even in my rural town where I have Starlink and I do every single thing I do is online, that one may not have to. And I like that it's not my fault when it doesn't work. It's so, your fault. I also like that you have multiple different categories because you can have, here's my basic uh, going to kill the environment, single serve plastic. Cause you need it. Cause it's cheap. <laughs> Here's also my super high and expensive glass. Good for the planet. Cardboard, you know, carbon filter. And I'm going to shame you. Like if you don't yeah. buy the high end one, I'm telling all your customers that you had the opportunity for the sustainable packaging from me, but you chose not to. I go the opposite. I sell them the cheap stuff first and then, you know, then shame them. And then they got to come <laughs> back and buy the expensive stuff from you again. <laughs> You gotta, you can't just do, you gotta get two sales from, you gotta sell the cheap stuff and then put them on blast, you know, get sub accounts and, you know. So then where do you go after the sustainable packaging? You like what, just show them a little bit more leg and just keep selling them the sustainable packaging? Like where's the next, what's, the, what's the next thing? Disposable packaging. I think oh. uh, that's the, where you're able to basically come, you know, completely recyclable packaging that you basically put into the ground and it compost hemp, you know, kind of material on it you literally just put it back so being able to take your packaging and turn it into compost to grow your own plant multi-use packaging is maybe the way to go we should just turn off the cameras right now before we just oh we stumbled on something all right that's it you're not getting any more of our ideas <laughs> i feel like there's about to have a brainstorming session uh wayward media is about to have one so if you haven't checked us out i definitely would encourage you to because cannabis doesn't thank you for joining us we're gonna go make some fucking magic happen as soon as we turn this microphone off we're gonna make some deals and wheels and steals and all those other eel 
uh, things that are happening. Every Friday, 4.20 p.m. on Wayward Media, wayward.media. That's where you will find us uh, if you're looking for us to check. Yeah, give us a subscription. That's what we'd like to uh, hear as a whole. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Don't forget, we'll have a lot of the articles down below. Shout out to Anana Mide Apparel. Amanda Taylor got great shirts there. Uh, check her out as well. Her Etsy link will be in there. Uh, Dustin, it's Friday. It's 420. It's 520 now. Thank you for listening, everyone. We'll see you uh, Later, next brother. Week.